Ladies and gentlemen, Alien Zoo is now open. everyone welcome back to alien zoo my name is chris and thanks for listening today we have a very summer centric episode especially if you're a beach lover today we'll be covering Cryptid sharks. That's right. We have a handful of shark-like cryptids to go over. Some of them are scary, others are terrifying. So without any further bloodshed, let's get into it. First, why don't we set the mood with a couple of cool shark facts. Did you know scientists can age sharks by counting the rings on their vertebrae? That's right, just like a tree. Kinda. Did you know that each whale shark's spot pattern is as unique as a fingerprint? That's pretty cool. Did you know that sharks don't have bones? If you didn't know this, go back to fourth grade. I'm just joking, of course. In place of a skeleton, a shark's internal structure is made up of cartilage. But this doesn't stop sharks from eventually fossilizing. No, no, no. As the animal grows older, they deposit calcium salts in their cartilage to strengthen it. And this is why the dried jaws of a shark appear to feel heavier, similar to bone. Did you know sharks have a sixth sense? That's right. Sharks have small black spots near their nose, eyes, and mouth. These spots are called the ampullae of Lorenzini. No, it's not a pasta. These are specialized electroreceptor organs that allow the shark to sense electromagnetic fields and temperature shifts in the ocean. That's pretty damn cool. Now, take what you just learned about these apex predators and forget all about it, because we're dealing with cryptids, beasts of the unknown. Well, don't forget those sharks, fa- those shark facts. They are, uh, they are good to know. Okay. On to our first shark cryptid. The black demon is said to be an enormous black shark whose territory is said to run just off the coast of Mexico's Baja California Peninsula. Within fairly recent times, several local fishermen have reported seeing this elusive black creature. Said to range in size from 20 to 60 feet in length and weighing anywhere from 50,000 to 100,000 pounds. Reports say this aquatic beast resembles a great white, but with a very dark coloration and a thick, strong, monstrous tail. Some believe the black demon shark is a surviving megalodon or perhaps a brand new species of giant shark. Maybe a discolored great white, perhaps? A few expeditions have been launched in hopes of locating this rare creature, but no such luck in any instance. Eh, Big surprise. And sightings are quite rare. 
And you know, since albinism is found in sharks, it's certainly a possibility that melanism could be too, right? Caribbean divers love to explore what are known as blue holes, which are underwater pits that plunge vertically for 200 feet or more through rock and coral, specifically around islands in the Bahamas and the Caicos. While the scenery is jaw-droppingly gorgeous, sometimes with the feel of an alien world, there are deadly risks involved in exploring such a space. One of these dangers is known to native islanders as Luska. The Luska is described as a half-shark, half-octopus cryptid. It is said to grow over 75 feet in length, up to possibly 200 feet. To attack properly on the surface, this creature would have to have one tentacle on the seafloor in order to balance itself. So, if accounts are real, they would have to take place in relatively shallow water. On January 18, 2011, the body of what appeared to be a gigantic octopus washed ashore on Grand Bahama Island in the Bahamas. According to eyewitness accounts, the remains seemed to represent only a portion of the head and mouth of an octopus. Local fishermen, based on their knowledge of octopus morphology, estimated the creature's total size to be between 20 and 30 feet. Legends speak of the Luska as a man-eater, and it is sometimes blamed for the disappearance of divers who unfortunately fail to return from their blue hole adventures. However, no specimens of this cryptid have been caught or photographed. That's a bummer. Alright, next up is the monster of Lake Tota. Also known as Diablo Balena, which transfers to Devil Whale, this cryptid is an inhabitant of Lake Tota in Colombia. The earliest mention of this creature in modern history was by a conquistador by the name of Gonzalo Jimenez de Quesada. He described the beast as, quote, a fish with a black head like an ox and larger than a whale, end quote. The creature has also been described as a, quote, monstrous fish, a black monster, the dragon, and a divine animal archetype, end quote. For centuries, the Musica tribe have believed in this giant animal, and stories of this monster have been passed down through generations. The monster of Lake Toda, similar to the Black Demon, could perhaps be a living megalodon, or even a living dinosaur such as a Mosasaurus. Another theory is that this cryptid could be a living leviathan, an extinct species of sperm whale who hunted the megalodon. Fossils of these extinct whales were found in Peru, near Colombia. If not something already known, the monster of Lake Tota could perhaps be a brand new species of whale or colossal fish. But here's the thing. Although the lake is gigantic, it is a freshwater lake, and whales don't typically live in freshwater. So, uh, that makes you think, doesn't it? Isla de Malpelo is a mountainous island in the eastern Pacific Ocean, located 314 miles west of Buenaventura, Colombia. 
Members of a naval outpost stationed there called Malpello La Roca, or The Rock. The surrounding reefs are teeming with oceanic wildlife, allegedly including an unclassified species of deepwater shark locals have dubbed the Malpello Monster. Witnesses have described this cryptid shark as around 15 feet long, with large eyes and a dorsal fin directly located right above the pectoral fins. Now, there have been some photographs taken of this mysterious shark by a couple of divers, but these supposed photographs have not helped in solving this mystery. Big surprise. Here's a little Malpello monster story for you. On a typical diving expedition at the National Malpello Park, Sandra Basudo, park director and biologist, happened to come face-to-face with a gigantic unknown species of shark. Completely flabbergasted by the identity of the shark, in 2002, Sandra organized a fairly risky expedition to find out more about this aquatic cryptid. During the expedition, a tropical storm wiped out access to the shark's lair. Then, if that wasn't unfortunate enough, a band of pirates actually tried to hijack Sandra's boat and ended up seizing 14 tons of sharks by stabbing her net with their spears. Well, maybe they were just freeing the sharks. But anyways, as a whole, Sandra's expedition amounted to nothing, and the tale of this cryptid shark is still told to this day. Alright, now, our final shark-like cryptid is a beast that may not be shark at all. But, one of the explanations for this creature is very shark-like, so I'm putting it in this episode. Let's talk about the Stronsay Beast. In September 1808, a guy named John Pierce was fishing off the coast of Stronsay in the Orkney Islands off of Scotland. He came across this gigantic carcass beached and surrounded by birds. What type of birds, you ask? I don't know. Moving on. His very first impression of the creature was that it was long, had a thin neck and tail, and a fairly small head, about the size of a seal's. It had a bristly mane down its neck, and several pairs of legs or fins. I know, not very shark-like. John got the help of George Shearer, who helped him measure the carcass as, quote, exactly 55 feet in length from the hole in the top of the skull to the extremity of the tail, end quote. Yet another observer, Thomas Fotheringham, obtained the same measurement result, quote, from the junction of the head and neck, where there was the appearance of an ear, to the tail, end quote. Again, not very shark-like at all. In fact, Shearer actually signed an affidavit in which he swore, quote, that the length of the neck was exactly 15 feet from the same hole to the beginning of the mane, that he measured also the circumference of the animal as accurately as he could, which was about 10 feet, more or less, and the whole body where the limbs were attached to was about the same circumference, that the lower jaw or mouth was a-wanting, but there were some substances or bones of the jaw remaining, when he first examined it, which are now away, that it had two holes on each side of the neck, beside the one on the back of the skull, 
that the mane or bristles were about 14 inches in length each, of a silvery color, and particularly luminous in the dark, which they were before they were dried. That the upper part of the limbs, which answers to the shoulder blade, was joined to the body like the shoulder blade of a cow, forming part of the side. That a part of the tail was a wanting, being incidentally broken off at the extremity, where the last joint of it was bare, was an inch and a half in breadth. That the bone were of a grisly nature, like those of a halibut, the backbone excepted, which was the only solid one in the body. That the tail was quite flexible, turning in every direction as he lifted it, and he supposes the neck to have been equally so from its appearance at the time. That there were either five or six toes on each paw, about nine inches long and of a soft substance. That the toes were separate from each other and not webbed as far as he was able to observe, and that the paw was about half a foot each away, in length and in breadth. End quote. Fotheringham also observed that, quote, the skin seemed to be elastic when compressed, and of a grayish color. Without any scales, it was rough to the feeling. On drawing the hand over it, towards the head, but was smooth as velvet when the hand was drawn towards the tail. End quote. That's classic scales for you. He also noted, yes, Fotheringham has a lot to say about this dead body, that, quote, a part of the bones of the lower jaw resembled those of a dog were remaining at this time, with some appearance of teeth, which were soft and could be bent by strength of the hand, end quote. Meanwhile, William Falsetter, a local farmer, found the unknown creature's stomach lying detached outside its body and later recalled, quote, that it was about four feet long and as thick as a firkin. A firkin? A firkin is a container equal to one-fourth the volume of a barrel. Still not very helpful. He went on to say, quote, that the membranes that formed the divisions extended quite across the supposed stomach and were about three-sixteenth of an inch in thickness, and at the same distance from each other, and of the same substance as the stomach itself. End quote. Not confusing at all. But don't worry, there's more. He boringly went on to say, quote, that the section of stomach, after it was opened, had the appearance of a weaver's reed. A uh, weaver's reed is a comb-like thing that is part of a weaving loom, you know, those huge weaving machines. He opened this reed-looking thing and found it to be filled with a reddish substance, uh, similar to blood and water combined, and emitted, quote, a fetid smell. Yvonne Simpson, a geneticist from Orkney, has researched the evidence and has suggested a few possible theories regarding the identity of the Stronsay beast. It may be an unusually large basking shark. See, I told you a shark would play a role in the story or possibly an unknown species of shark. Even though drawings of the Stronsay beast is eerily similar to creatures like the Loch Ness Monster, uh, which could point to a possible still-living plesiosaur, and the third pair of appendages on this carcass could be related to a male shark's clasps. But male sharks are usually smaller than females, so 
Either there are even larger female versions of this mystery beast, or it isn't a shark at all. For the sake of this episode, I must say, the shark theory is a possibility. Alright, we made it to the end of this shark-filled episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you had fun and learned a thing or two. And I'll tell you, if this episode doesn't make you want to jump into your nearest ocean, I don't know what will. On behalf of everyone at Alien Zoo, I want to thank you for visiting, and be sure to join us next time. You can follow us on Instagram at Alien Zoo Podcast, and be sure to email at alienzoopodcast at gmail.com if you have questions or if you'd like to share a cryptid-related story. My name is Chris, and until next cryptid, goodbye. Goodbye.